0: i
1: Mercy on this your family, for which our Lord Jesus Christ was content to be betrayed and given up into the hands of wicked men and to suffer death upon the cross, who is alive and glorified with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Merciful God, who made all men and hate nothing that you have made. You desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that he should be converted and live. Have mercy upon your ancient people, the Jews, and upon all who have not known you or who deny the faith of Christ crucified, particularly in these days that hordes are dying of COVID. cause, O God, that from them be taken all ignorance, hardness of heart and contempt for your word whilst they are there in the ICUs and being attended and all others in all parts of the world. And so fetch them home to your fold that they may be made one flock under one shepherd through Jesus Christ our Lord.
0: Light of the world, you step down into we are darkness.
1: Of our Lord's Passion is a combination of the liturgy of the Word at the third hour when Jesus was crowned with thorns, the three hour service on the meditation of the seven words of the cross and the Good Friday Vesper. It is fitting that we meditate on that one. Perfect sacrifice that satisfied the heart of God at all times, for all times, for the sins of mankind. Though we do so on a daily basis, this is an apt time for it. So join me as we sit or kneel and confess our sins to the Lord in the words of the General Confession. Almighty God, our Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbors in thought, word, and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate faults. Almighty God, who forgives all that truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all goodness, and keep us in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. The hymn Ancient and Modern 107
2: First word Jesus said on the cross, Luke
3: chapter 23, reading from verse 33 to 34. When they arrive at the place called the score, they crucify him there along with the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. And they divided his cloth and cast lots. And cast lots. Father, sanctify us with your word because your word is truth. Brethren, we can see the first word Jesus said in the cross of Calvary. Jesus finds out that these people doesn't know what they are doing. Because the God of darkness was controlling their mind. The first thing Jesus did, because he came to reconcile God with men. And Jesus didn't come maybe to retaliate, but to reconcile God with men. And Jesus asked for forgiveness for those who are persecuting him even at the point of death. Jesus knew that they do not know what they are doing because they did not know the truth. Jesus knew that for him to complete his message of reconciliation, he has to do what he is doing. Praise the Lord. And I know that Jesus, even what they are saying... They confess that what they are doing can be in their head, in their children's head, and their children's children's head. And Jesus knew they didn't know what they are doing. They didn't know the truth. They didn't know the light. The will of God for our lives is to forgive our brethren, to forgive our neighbors, to forgive one another as a Christian. And we can do what Jesus did, as Stephen did on his own. Remember, it is the same Jewish people who we are saying on Sunday, Blessed is the man who comes in the name of the Lord, are today saying, crucify him, crucify him. That is to show that they didn't understand what they are doing. And because Jesus knew in his mind, That this is the people he came to save. And he must do all the necessary thing to save them. Praise the Lord. Jesus said to his followers, Jesus said, They who follow me shall not walk in darkness. My brothers and sisters, we need to forgive one another and forgive our enemies their trespasses as God forgives our trespasses. I pray that the grace of God we, we touch them and pray that they will come to light and understand the truth. May God give us the grace to bear with our persecutors and
2: show them the way of the light as believers. In Jesus name I pray. The Hymn Ancient and Modern
1: 351. Heard the voice of Jesus say.
4: second word. Luke chapter 23 from verse 39 to 43. And one of the criminals which were hanged read on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God? Seeing that are in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But the man had done nothing amiss. And Jesus said, and he said unto Jesus, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The second word of Jesus on the cross of Calvary is, today verily I say unto you, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Praise the Lord. Now, in life, brethren, everyone has the same opportunity. We all have equal opportunity of repenting. But we have scoffers we have mockers we have so many people with so many kinds of various sins now you hear the word of god in the churches you hear it in the marketplaces in the television everywhere now you are given the same opportunity like we have found in these two robbers two of them were hanged on the cross of on the cross and they were mocking one of them was mocking if you say you are the son of god save yourself and also save us but the other one said no we did not do this man did not do anything wrong and he then said remember me in your kingdom remember me when you come to your kingdom praise the lord remember this first one that mocked jesus did not take the opportunity like we all have equal opportunities we have our co can be our colleagues our parents at home your associates your friends who do you mock jesus with but remember that it's a personal thing it's an individual thing see the second one took the opportunity that was given and said lord remember me not minding that he has been in that business of robbing for long what is that sin that has kept you for long? Jesus is even ready to hear you. See, he developed that relationship. And he asked, God for, he asked Jesus for forgiveness by developing that relationship, talking to him. Praise the Lord. Now, what does repentance mean? Repentance means humbling yourself to God. Taking responsibility of what you have done wrong. And taking a step to get out of it. Not even, I know I have done this thing, but what have you done? Every day the message goes forth. In the churches, everywhere, even morning cry. Have you made up your mind to give your life to Jesus? And Jesus being a compassionate God, Jesus, he did not even say, hey, this man has been in this business for long. Maybe you're sin. You have been sinning. You have not been taking anything. You have been taking the word of God for granted, but this is an opportunity for you today. And Jesus being so compassionate, he did not just have pity on him. Like our earthly fathers and mothers, we can have pity on people and say, Hey, yeah. But Jesus, because compassion goes with action, he said today he gave him assurance of salvation. Today, you are going to be with me in paradise. Praise the Lord. Now, maybe at a point in time, you had this relationship with God, but you have lost it. How is your prayer life? Is prayer now a duty or a delight? How do you talk to God? How do you talk to this Jesus? Is it just you speak and you just go like that you don't know that that is a direct access that when you talk to him he will talk to you back god is calling us back to our first love remember this thief on the cross just at the point of eternity he gave his life to christ and all the sins he has been doing he's a notorious thief for him to have died on that cross but jesus just forgave when once you give your life to christ You confess your sins to God. He will remember your sins no more. Praise the Lord. Now, how much word of God do you have in your life? How much word of God? Can you stand? The the book of Joshua 1 says, This book of the Lord should not depart from your heart. You meditate therein. And 2 Timothy also said, Study to show yourself approved. How much word of God do you have? That is how to develop this relationship. Without the relationship with the Lord Jesus, you cannot make heaven. Praise the Lord. And finally, how is our evangelizing life? How do you tell people about, like today is Good Friday, It's a good opportunity to reach out to souls that this Jesus they have been hearing about, he died on the cross of Calvary. Pilate washed his hands and said he found no fault in this man jews they say crucify him but he went on a journey to the cross of calvary just because of you and me tell people about jesus today let us pray maybe you have this relationship with jesus or you don't have if you know you don't have just make up your mind now just say lord jesus remember me when that comes to your kingdom ask god for forgiveness he will forgive you and maybe you had it at a point and you lost it as god to renew that relationship with him so that our life on earth will not be wasted at the end of this world we are just strangers you will not end up in hell and i will not end up in hell that is not our prayer May the Lord hear us and answer us this day in Jesus' name.
1: Him, Ancient and Modern 108 When I Survey the Wondrous Cross
5: Chapter, we will read from verse 26 to 27. John 19, and from 26 to 27. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple Behold your mother And from that hour That disciple took her Into his home Praise the Lord We know during Christ's ministry Here on earth It was marked with signs And wonders and miracles That was the good old days And many disciples Readily followed him but in Matthew 9: 46-50, Christ declared that he saw as mother, brother, or brethren those who belonged to God, followed him, and did his will, and also had fellowship with Christ, rather than those who had claimed to him through blood relationship, but they did not belong to God. They did not follow him, nor did they do his will. In John sixteen thirty two, Christ predicted that in his time of need and agony he will be abandoned and left alone by these same disciples and brethren. We then ask ourselves, have we in any way abandoned Christ when he needed us most? in speaking the truth, in showing love, in actually being shaped, uh, patient with one another and rendering help when need arises. In John 19:26 to 27 Christ saw his prediction came true. It came true because he was abandoned by these same disciples, by his brother, that's the sibling, and the brethren And while he was there hanging on the cross, in agony of death, he only saw his mother and the beloved disciple John, standing firm beside him. What are we observing from this? Why, in the agony of the cross, as we read, we saw that Christ was also concerned for his brother, for mother's welfare. And also for his trusted friend, John, he was concerned for their welfare. This demonstrates that it's very important that we should value our families. He also entrusted the welfare of his mother to his trusted friend, not to his blood blood brothers, we saw. One would have expected That he had siblings that they should take care of their mother. This shows us that we have a responsibility towards our dependent parents. Praise the Lord. There on the cross, when he declared, Woman, behold thy son, in verse 26, and in verse 27, he addressed this trusted disciple, beloved, behold thy mother. In verse 27, according to King James' version, he made a divine provision for the two, who in his time of need manifested their love for him, just as he also always had love for them. He made a divine provision for them for companionship, for fellowship, and for mutual support in his absence by that word of declaration. We have to take notes and ask ourselves, has Christ committed something precious to him into your hands or into my hands? This is a question that we have to address today. Are we Christ's trusted friend? Another question, are you like John or are you like his mother? As John, will you like John act what he acts of you? Because we saw there that immediately John took the mother into his house. Like Mary, will you be content to be entrusted into somebody's hand as a woman and that person is not your son? Praise the Lord. These are questions that we should mull over. Then let us take note that these provisions did not include those who had been closed, but were absent in his time of need. Christ will always make provision and he will show and make provision for our sustenance, for our support, and for our comfort at all times if he will see in us an abiding, devoted love that surpasses any fear, any danger, any risk whatsoever. Praise the Lord. Our prayer this moment is that the Lord with a broken heart and a contract spirit will ask for mercy. For in the days of adversity... If we faint, our faith is very little. We ask God to revive us in our love for one another and in our love for him in particular. Always and in all situations and circumstances. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord.
6: all
7: of us like sheep have gone astray.
8: We pray, most gracious Father, we thank you this morning, we bless your name. We ask you that you reveal the depth of your love to us this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. In the fourth word, Mark fifteen thirty four. Mark fifteen thirty four. I read. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani," which is translated, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" Jesus was not just talking to people around him; he was actually crying. The Bible says it was a loud cry. No mortal mind can fathom the intense bitter anguish and pain Jesus was feeling. The fullness of God's wrath on him at that moment. And of course, with all the relationship he shared with his father, God, God did not hide it. Several times, God says, This one is my beloved son. I love him. Everything about him pleases me. And Jesus was boasting about it too. Several times Jesus would say, Ah, I am my father, we are one. Several times, in Luke 10, he it said, it's only the father that knows the son, and it's only the son that knows the father. That was an internal relationship. So, now, why would a loving father forsake his only beloved son? That was a big question. Of course, Jesus knew firsthand what it means to be abandoned by God. It is a terrible thing for God to abandon somebody. He was there with God when God abandoned the people of Israel several times. So there was one time God abandoned them. They, were going to, they fought against Philistines, their constant enemy. The Philistines defeated them. They went back during the time of Eli, even carried the ark of God that represented God. And so the enemies were even so frightened. Thinking that the the Israelites will defeat them, without knowing that God had abandoned them. We know the result, the end point. Jesus was there when God abandoned Eli and his family. Jesus was there when God abandoned Samson. So the list is endless. It is a terrible thing for God to abandon somebody. Perhaps that was the the dreaded moment. Jesus was that Jesus had to pray. Father, is there no alternative? But let your will be done. Jesus was used to insult and harassment throughout his his lifetime. But for his father to forsake him, that was a terrible thing. In Psalm 27, verse 9, David was praying, God, please don't abandon me. God, don't forsake me. God, don't reject me because it's a terrible thing for God to do so. Now, the question is why? Because Jesus asked, My father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Of course, Jesus knew the answer. He knew the answer. He knew he was born for that. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, the Bible says, God made he who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in Christ we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus knew it was the price of sin. He knew. But it was still a terrible thing. In short, like we normally say in the Bible, God does not hold the guilty guiltless. It doesn't matter who you are. That even his own beloved son, he had to abandon him because he was carrying all our sins. So now, what, what was the result of the cry of the sacrifice? His free gift of God, which is salvation. It is freedom from sin. Freedom from death. Internal everlasting relationship with the Father. That's what Jesus did. On the cross. That's why he cried. He cried so that we might laugh. You know, some of us, when we are watching Passion of Christ, something of that nature, we begin to cry. It is good, but it's not enough. It's not enough to cry and you are still not born again. It is not enough to cry, to weep, and you are, you are not meant to celebrate this Easter if you are not giving your life to Christ. Because the ultimate goal of Jesus crying and dying for us is that so that we might have life and have life in abundance. So, two things we are going to uh, we will learn maybe from this particular verse because there's no time to it more. One is that you have to be born again. We cannot overemphasize this. If you have not consciously, personally given your life to Jesus, if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you need to do it now. Jesus says, I know them, I know my sheep. They know me and they follow him. Then the second one, which is the final one, is to take God seriously. To depart from iniquity. If God could abandon his only begotten son, it doesn't matter who, even if you are the vicar, you are archbishop, you are priest, you are choir, it doesn't matter. No matter if you are building churches, it doesn't matter to him. Bible says, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Knowing having this here, the Lord knows those that are his. Therefore, let anyone that is named in the name of the Lord, do what? Depart from iniquity. And God forbid that on the last day, like in Matthew 7, that Jesus is going to tell us, depart from me. I never knew you. You walk out of iniquity. You might be prophesied every Sunday. So, that's what we are going to pray tonight, this morning. Two things. If you have not given your life to Christ, you need to give it now. But if you have given your life to Christ, but God is still not controlling your life, or maybe, perhaps, He was before, but now, you are in charge. Because of worldliness. you need to dedicate your life now. We sing this song, and we pray. He loves me, I cannot
0: say why He loves me I cannot, cannot say, say why. why On Calvary's tree He suffered he for, me. He for me He loves me I cannot oh, say why, why. He loves me. He loves me. I cannot say why. If I'm not giving your life to Christ, you can give your life to Christ now. I cannot. Bible says for those that believed in you, he gave the power to become the sons of God. If you know, perhaps if he comes now, you might not make it. He loves me. I cannot see. Can we begin to pray?
8: Can we begin to pray? Bible says our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. That was then. Now it is even far, far nearer. I can begin to tell us a lot of signs of, of end time that is happening now. But can we pray? If you have not given your life to Christ, can you give your life to Christ now? Can you ask God to come into your life? Ask Jesus. Appreciate that gift, free gift of salvation. Tell him, Jesus, thank you. He cried so that we might rejoice. This is not the time of crying. This is the time of rejoicing in the Lord. The time of sober reflection, accepting him as your personal savior. Now, the final one, if you have done so, can you begin to pray that you take God seriously? That we take God seriously and take our life less seriously? That we take God, we dedicate our life. Heavenly Father, I bless your name this morning. I thank you. As many as have called upon your name this morning, Father, they are saved. Father, I pray that those people that have given their lives to you, you will know why it's cast out. You will not allow the enemy to snatch them away from your hand. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed.
1: Ancient and modern, 184. Dear Lord and Father of Mankind,
9: Jesus on the cross John chapter nineteen verse twenty eight. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said I thirst. Another version said after this Jesus knowing all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture said I am thirsty. Amplify said later knowing that all was now completed, so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I thirst. NIV says, Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. New Living Translation says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill the scripture, he said, I am thirsty. The words there to note accomplished, complete, and finished. What did Jesus accomplish for us? Our eternal salvation. He said, my mate is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his works. The reason Jesus Christ came was to deal with that sin that separated us from God to bring us back to God. At the time of fall, God has said to the enemy, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. And one lady in her book was talking about the thirst. You know, when we are thirsty, it tells us our body is dehydrated and we need water because we are made up mainly of water. So why would Jesus scream? He was quiet most of the time, but this time he said, I am thirsty. And this lady tried to simulate the conversation Jesus might have been having with death at this point. He said, at that moment... The cup was poised to pour its contents into me. The rage of all sin began to fill every cell in my body. My heart, then my mind, began to falter. I who had never sinned, who was unacquainted with transgression, was suddenly becoming one with sin. My end was at hand. I had not only taken sin into me, I was becoming its incarnation. I knew my life could not long endure. When I cried out in my delusion, death knew this was his moment. Death then billowed with fiendish glee and plunged towards me. My body and soul were ablaze with what was not permeating my all. With a body on fire, I heard my cry out. I heard myself cry out. I thirst. One um, Van Kemp said Apart from the fact that Jesus' body was screaming out for fluids." We know he lost a lot of blood with all the sufferings. His thirst also reminds us of his word that he hungered to do the will of the Father. Jesus drinks the cup filled with sin to the last drop. That is why he who himself is the living water must suffer thirst. So we see the thirst of Jesus as a result of dehydration and the sins of the whole world that he took the fire from that sin dehydrated him even spiritually so that his thirst was from dehydration and from the fire from being made sin and thirst is a human response telling us that Jesus went through this in humanity Amen? He died as a human being to save man. Man sinned. Man had to restore man in holiness. So what is our charge? Christ also suffered leaving us an example. He left us an example as man. He said to Philip, Has thou seen me And yet you want to see the Father. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And as the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus has sent us. Do people see Jesus in us? And Jesus said in John 14, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he also do, and greater works. Do we do the works that he did, not to talk of greater works. He showed us the example, his total submission. At Gethsemane, he said three times, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will. And that is the only way that we also can fulfill the will of God, as Jesus did.
10: And the Lordship of Jesus in our lives, as we have been
9: told to be born again, to have that life of Christ in us, to be totally submitted to Him as Lord and Savior, that is the only way we can fulfill God's purpose for us. Somebody said, What must a person say do in order for Jesus to be Lord of his life? Yield your life to him. Acknowledge his ownership and unreserved obedience. Yield your life to him. Acknowledge his ownership and total obedience. When we do this, we will be able, like our master Jesus, to say, I have done the will of him that sent me and finished his works. May that be our portion in Jesus' name.
10: Shall we pray?
0: Jesus Jesus
9: has sent me so have i
10: sent you if you see me you have seen the father
9: may we allow the holy spirit reveal to us how we have presented jesus in our families in the marketplace, in the environment. Have the people seen Jesus in us such that they would desire to know him? Does our life attract people to
10: Jesus or does our lives repel Jesus to people? Shall we pray? in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus.
9: We are told that the key is to really understand the meaning of Jesus is Lord over my life. Is it just words to us, or do we know the implication? Are we committed to that truth? Because the word of God cannot be broken if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus has paid such a price and has gotten eternal salvation. The only way we can appropriate it is to have him Lord in our lives. To yield to him. To acknowledge his ownership of us. He that owns us determines what we do, how we
10: do it. Our lives are based on his commands. And so we must obey him. Just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. To
9: yield totally to the worship of our Lord Jesus. That we will acknowledge Him as owning
10: us. He owns us. And then we will obey Him. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus'
9: name. And so, our Father and our God, we just thank you for Jesus has paid in full. And has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. That all that you have saved us from, saved us for, and wants us to be, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we will be. All to your glory, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus.
2: We are still praying. (laughs) Anurum ni
11: Anurum ni na ze bere, We bia and he will remain our God till the end. Giving thanks, giving praise. He is worthy of our praise. Send this Lord. We should not get tired of thanking him and praising his holy name because he has never gotten tired of loving us. He has never gotten tired of caring for us. He has never gotten tired of protecting us. He has never gotten tired of being our Father, being our God, being our Lord. He deserves our worship. The Bible says that even if we cannot worship him, that he will make stones to worship him. Thank God that you are alive today to enjoy in this privilege of worship. Worship God, tell him, Father, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you, because when others are saying, casting down, we are saying, lifting up. Thank you for the health you are enjoying. Thank you for the most basic thing, the gift of family life. Thank this God that you woke up this morning and you went and you urinated. Thank this God for the night. It's not everybody that went to sleep here last night that is awake today. He deserves our thanks. Thank him and tell him, Father, thank you. Tell him, Father, thank you. You deserve our worship. I cannot thank you enough. Even all our body is made up of mouth, we cannot thank him enough.
2: Let us thank God
11: for Good Friday. The work of salvation done on Good Friday. The burden of sin bore by our Lord Jesus Christ for our redemption. The precious blood that is without blemish that was shed that we are a people that have a future. That we now a people that have a promise. That we now a people that are looking unto a kingdom where the architect is not man, but God himself. Let us thank God for Good Friday. Let us thank him for the word that has gotten to us. Let us thank him that his son he did not spare for us. Let us give him praise. Let us give him all the honor and, and the worship.
2: Let us stand the law for the church,
11: even at this challenging time, that the church will not derail, that the church will reorientate itself and look up to Christ, the Author and Finisher of our faith, that we will not be carried away by the world order even at this time, that whatever we hear on the news. We will not direct our mindset, but the Word of God as is contained in the Scripture. Let us ask God that He will come once again and sanctify His people, holy and acceptable unto Him. That even at this time that we are commemorating the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. That the church will be prepared. That the church will be ready in case the trumpet blows at any time. That we will be rapture, rapturable. That we will be acceptable unto Him. That any filthiness in our life, that He will have mercy on us and make us chests. That we will not miss the supper of the Lamb. Concerning the plague of this time, I want us to look into our Bible, Numbers chapter 16, verse 46. Numbers 16:46. And I read, and Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense. And go quickly into the congregation, make an atonement for them, for there is rot, gone out from the Lord, the plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague was begun among the people, and he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood before the, between the dead and the living, and the plague was stayed. And now they that died in the plague were fourteen thousand seven hundred. Beside them that died after the matter of Korah, and Aaron returned unto Moses unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and the plague was stayed. Brethren, as priests unto the Lord, these prayer points at this moment fall unto us, that we as a family, as royal priesthood, that will raise our voice, that this plague of coronavirus that is ravaging the whole world at this moment, that it will stay. Who asked the Lord, whose mercy endureth forever, that he would stay this plague because of his people, because of his chosen people, peculiar people, royal priesthood unto him, that this plague would stay. Let us stand in between the gap, just as Aaron stood in between the congregation, and ask that this plague will stay. As a church, let us ask God that this plague will stay,
2: that death will will abate in the land. Whatever that is the cause of this plague,
11: is it wrought from God? Is it signs of the end time? But the Lord has given us power to act, and when we act in faith, it will be done unto us. Because of his chosen priest, he can stay this plague, and he will stay
10: this plague in Jesus' name.
2: Let us ask God that he will remove the spirit of fear among his people.
11: But he will increase the spirit of faith among his people. Fear and faith, they can never go together and they don't go together. Fear negates the power of our God who is almighty, with whom nothing is impossible, he said. That if our faith is as little as mustard seed, as the Lord to increase your faith even at this moment, as the Lord that you that, that you will relate him with him at the level of spirituality, at the level of holiness, at the level
2: of purity, so that our prayer will not be an abomination unto him. Let us thank the Lord thus far. Some states are allowing the Christians to
11: gather in a congregation and pray. That is a sign that our God is still on the throne and he can never change. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He will remain the same
10: forever. Trust this God and see what he will do. Holy Ghosts,
0: do it again, do it again.
11: with our Lord Jesus Christ that the Lord will open our eyes and we will see the person of Jesus Christ that our Holy Ghost will hold us and possess us so that we can see his abilities what he has done for us that we will have that touch that our life will not remain the same again that we will be not taking cognizance of what is happening around us. Because when we see Jesus, our eyes, our hearts, our mind, our strength will be focused on Him. Let us ask God even at this time of sober reflection for these special thoughts for reinfilling of the Holy Spirit, that we will
2: behold the might of the Lord. Let us at this time present our personal need, our
11: personal challenges unto the Lord. Because he is able, he is able, nothing is too big for him. That's which is your challenge, that's which is your burden. Irrespective of how big the burden is, irrespective of how long, present it to the Lord in faith even at this moment and believe
2: and it shall be done unto you. Round up your personal prayers. Ana macho, ana macho,
0: In Jesus'
11: name, Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Lord God, we'll give you praise, we'll give you thanks, we'll give you all adoration because it belongs to you. Father, thank you for accepting the worship of your prayer. Father, we want to know that which will make you happy. We want to know that that will make you, make us an acceptable unto you, acceptable people unto you, Lord. Father, may we grow in knowledge of you on daily basis in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, is there any way our faith has shaken? Is there any way our belief has doubt? Father, Lord, we ask, O oh Lord, that we don't want to get you angry, Lord, that you have mercy on us. And accept the prayer of your people in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, all the prayer point hereby presented, so it is unto you. And we say, Amen, because your word is yea and Amen. We'll give you all the praise, we'll give you all the honor. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray.
1: Whilst we are still seated, him Ancient and Modern 106. My God, I love thee not because I hope for heaven thereby.
12: Said on the cross is finished then he bowed his head and gave off his spirit it is finished I have rescued my father's church from the enemy the essence of Jesus coming is to take back the church Take back his people, the people that his father labored to create, and cannot afford to allow them to be wasted or be taken over by the enemy. That is the essence of Jesus' coming. It is finished. My people are restored. My people are empowered again. And who are the people? The people are the church. Me and you. So what's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to manifest Christ in our lives, in everything that we do, in our day-to-day activities. That is church. Apart from that, there is every other thing is... um, Just, um, I want to believe, is lip service. How do you relate with people in church and outside church? Today, we have seen the challenges of the world. Today, we have seen that the technologies have failed. Today, we have seen that even the medical science is not helping, it's not doing anything. I have had cause to see a submarine emerge from the sea, and I wondered how man created that thing. Today, all of that cannot help man. All the sciences that we know today can all help us. That is to show that Jesus Christ is calling all to repentance. Jesus Christ is saying, I am God, and there is no Thing. there is no two other ways there is none that can be compared with me that is why the world today is struggling for just one virus one virus they have done everything that is possible man, that is possible for man to do I have seen the antelope the aircraft that carries virtually everything carryable in this world drop the anti-aircraft missiles and set them for launching but today the whole world cannot do anything so what are we saying jesus christ is still lord and he's still in charge and then we all need to return to christ We all need to show forth Christ in everything that we do and stop playing church. That's my belief. We need to manifest Christ in everything that we do, in all walks of our lives. If you are a businessman, if you are um, a teacher, if you are a doctor, let what you do manifest Christ. That's the only way. And I believe that Christ is still in charge of this world. And there is no two kings in one kingdom. So if Christ is still the king in this world, then the antichrist cannot manifest now. So what we need to do is to take up the mantle. What we need to do is take up the job as Christians and do the job that Christ has sent us here to do. And when we have done that, I am sure that when Christ is ready to take his people, that's the only way. And Christ's people and God's children cannot see the Antichrist manifest. So what do we do? Let us return to our first love. Let us return to Christ in honesty and in sincerity. Growing up, there is this song that we sing at a children's church. Jesus na bia so bube, soso anyade soga huya o mona bia bube, ona bia bube, ona bia bube, o mochuko ganguio o bia bube, ona bube, Jesus na bia bube so
0: brethren
12: let us pray let us ask here today that all of us we go back and do our work What the the coronavirus has done, I want to believe, is to restore the church in full. Is to show that it is only God that can save the world, not the technology and not the medical science. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, Lord, God Almighty, Jesus, we thank you because you are a faithful God. We bless your name because in you we have seen that you are God. Therefore, Lord, lead us, O oh Lord, in a time like this, to show forth your glory, to manifest you in every sphere of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: The hymn, Ancient and Modern, 348, Are Thou Weary, art Thou Languid? We will all stand for this.
6: He said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirits and having said thus, he gave up the ghost.
0: Say
6: And it was about the sixth hour. I'm reading now Luke 23, verse 44. The Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 23, verse 44. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was a darkness over all the earth. Till the ninth hour. The sun was darkened. And the veil of the temple was rent in the mist. When Jesus had cried with a loud voice. He said. Father into your hands. I commend my spirit. And having said thus. He gave up the ghost. He yielded his ghost. He willingly surrendered himself. He put his life down. A willful, deliberate decision and action for a purpose which we have read in the various words. When he had seen that the reason why he came was accomplished, he said at first, he said it is finished, the things concerning may have an end. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ had demonstrated as he who came to save us, to pay our debts, to reconcile us back to God. And even at the point of greatest provocation and aggravation, he could still pray for the same reason father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing and that is this rosary of good friday a friday that was ordinarily supposed to be termed bad friday a friday that was ordinarily supposed to have been called black friday you know everything down and out is usually black And a Friday that was ordinarily supposed to have been called Dark Friday. Because darkness prevailed in the noonday. That's what we read here. At the sixth hour, sixth hour was twelve noon of their time, Jewish time. They had two time grades. Time grade for the day, time grade for the watches of the night. And so the sixth hour of the watch of the day was twelve noon. And for three complete hours in the whole earth, not Israel alone, not Jerusalem alone, not any other circumscribed place in the Middle East, in the whole earth, there was darkness. Why? Because the Prince of Peace, he who embodied light, was going and because he carried the light of the world, and it was the time that all things while he came was accomplished and was finished. The light was being extinguished, albeit for a moment. Symbolically, he represented to the whole humanity the things that are being done here are not being done in darkness, not in one corner of Jerusalem, not at Golgotha, the whole world was involved that is any perhaps in ethiopia then in syrene then in libya and i'm sure africa you and i our forefathers had existed by then great 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 grandfathers if they didn't know what was happening in jerusalem they will recall that for three good hours during the day not even an eclipse we have never had a total eclipse total eclipse Even when you had some partial eclipses, that's the moon covering the sun, and I doubt if any of the younger ones had seen one. It hasn't been one in a long time. I saw one, and some of us, maybe in our primary or secondary school days, 15, 20 years ago, so to say, or more, as it were. Even then, it didn't usually last more than 30 minutes. This was three good hours and everyone had to know he who came for a purpose he who was the light of God and in him was life and anyone who did not have him did not have the light but darkness pervaded his life the embodiment of light was on the way out temporarily to prove a point and to show men who was truly the son of God that's what we read here and the Bible said, by the time these were happening, even the centurion, who had no business with God, who had no business with worshipping God, and all who were there, verse 47, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God. That was the point. Everyone now had to rivet their attention to God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man other translations would even say this certainly was the son of god they had to make that verdict and everybody has to make that verdict while we are still here in mortal earth if you don't make that verdict everyone will make that verdict perhaps many when it is already too late when they have closed their eyelids in death and when it is no longer possible to repent, even the devil, who has opportunity to repent, has been barred. Because there is a time and a season for everything. And for this time and season Jesus came, that he may pay our debts, reconcile us back to God. If you read Genesis 1.1, he 1, said in the beginning, God and there was darkness all over the earth, and the whole earth was in chaos, no other, nothing was known to another. And God said let there be light. And the Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God and without him was nothing that was made that could be made and in him was the life of all men so right from the beginning of creation Jesus the light of the world was there at the moment the Lord God in heaven said let there be light the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord brooded over and gave execution to it and friends at the time when Jesus said it's finished, symbolically, light was going, darkness had come, and then the veil of the temple was turned from top to bottom, not bottom to top. If it was bottom to top, usually the game yes because they are there, will say, look, the disciples went somewhere in the night, and because they knew what he had said, and they had been in collision, they just made sure that they put some scissors that would sear it up. This was top to bottom. And the temple was usually more than 46, I think as at that time, 40 to 50 feet high. And the veil was that high. So you couldn't have climbed overnight, over day, or by Muchimuchi muchi or anywhere. Heavenly force was at work. And the universe was in obeisance. That's why you see usually for Good Friday, everywhere in the church is laid bare. To just symbolize. The veil was turned into, but that also has a deeper spiritual meaning for us. But because the temple and the veil have been split down, before we used to have the privilege of only the high priest in the old order. Who would enter into the veil? And who will enter into the Holy of Holies? Once. Only once. A year. And when he did, he would first of all make an atonement for his sins first, before he would make an atonement for the sins of the rest of the people, in order that their worship, in order that their sacrifices would be accepted. But now, since he had, he who embodied worship, he who had come to replace the old other, had now become the Paschal Lamb, the sacrificial lamb, instead of the Passover, where they killed bulls, goats, rams. Now, Jesus himself had laid down his life, voluntarily, willingly, He had become the Paschal Lamb. He had replaced the Passover and put a new covenant and put a new testament. He had now offered a sacrifice once and for all. Praise the Lord. And if the blood of goats and bulls and rams could avail, could satiate, could cover the sin of the people, how much more the blood of the Lamb, which was shed once and for all, for the sins of all. That's the significance of Good Friday. So instead of dark, black, any other name that was derogatory, paradoxically, it has become a Good Friday. Why? First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 8 said that there was a mystery. Which the princes of this world didn't know? Because if they had known it, they would not have dared. You, they would be the one guarding Jesus from going to the cross. They would do everything to keep him away from there. But because the princes of this world acted in their wisdom, acted in their hatred, if you read the accounts of the last week, we'll call it Passion week, that would have started from when he arrived Jerusalem. And everybody was saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king, Hosanna to the son of David, healing him. That now fuelled the chief priests, that now fuelled the Pharisees, that now fuelled every other person who had come preaching tradition of men and laying more burdens on the people louder than the ones they could carry on. So from that moment the nine got more infuriated and they plan and they plan and they say how can we do it? We can't lay hold on him if you read some of the accounts because the people know him and the people love him and the people have seen his work, there will be an uprising. How do we do it? And from nowhere help came to them. Judas, one of the twelve. Judas, one of the disciples. Judas, one of the, he might call it in because he was, when he spoke to the crowd in parable, he would speak to the disciples in real times, he would explain he would say unto you it is given to know the secrets, the details when he would speak to the crowd, the parable of the sower and left it at that he would come back, Judas inclusive, and now say now, this is the meaning of it Judas was there all through. Judas was there for three good years. Judas followed him. If he's in our days now, Jesus is the high priest now. We can't compare him to any man. Forgive us for that. But just for purposes of comparison, let's assume that Jesus will be the primate, will be the archbishop. Judas will be among the whole bishops now. Is that not so? If he was a general overseer, the others will be General and is that not so? Judas will be there too. They will be Assistant General overseer, Deputy General. You know men can create position. If people were pointing to men and women who were good, holy, righteous, who were the Ndejieme, they would point to who? Judas. To capital. Who was holding the bag? Who kept the money? Is it anybody that you just made the treasurer anyhow? Usually, for some of you and many of us who belong to our town union meetings, who do they usually make the financial secretary or treasurer? You. Many of us here are that. Why? So, imagine Judas, the treasurer in England now, Just like one of us, or some of us had alluded, COVID-19 has humbled leaders. And those who need to learn from this pestilence of the now would learn. And perchance, and by God, they will also be driven unto him in a newness of life in salvation in the name of Jesus. They will proclaim that we have had no help from elsewhere. We have sought for it everywhere there is none. That's what the president of Liberia, those of you who have been on the Facebook, on the WhatsApp, and some who have been at home and have not had the courage to come out, I'm not sure they didn't have the courage to come out because the government said so. The government never really said so. The government just, pardon me, but that's the right word, surreptitiously. And I will leave it there. Because those that said so, said it clearly and openly. Even before the government said anything, They were already afraid. They were already afraid of the virus. They were already saying, look, this virus will leave every other person. The moment I step out here in Enugu, it will leave the epicenter and come to me. But let that be as it may. Boris Johnson just miraculously came out of the intensive care unit. You know Boris Johnson? Prime Minister of Britain. And Britain had just come out of a very, very exciting situation. For months, running out to a year, two years, they were rudderless. They had no direction. There were those who were Brexit, and there were those who were also, what, bring in. There were those who were at loggerheads, those who were Brexit, some would be voted out, may lost their job as a prime minister on the cause of that. And eventually, he just came in, and he promised, and he campaigned, and said, look, as I come in, by so-so-so and so date, we will get out of The EU, European Union. And he kept his word. I think that was by january thirty one, if I'm not mistaken. United Kingdom came out of EU, Brexit. I'm sure a good number of them will heave up a sigh of relief and say, For once, at least we have a direction. And Amale by Megini Nagaga. They held about three elections within a space of about three, four years. From Cameron to May, from May to the one who replaced him and then to Boris Johnson. And then within one month or two months, the same Boris Johnson, they were looking up to the man who gives us direction. And I don't know many of you if you have seen him speak. He speaks rambunctiously. You can check that in the dictionary. When you say somebody is speaking rambunctiously, he speaks as if to say he owns the place and the stage and that's really the man and that's him so at least he inspired confidence in his people and just three days ago three weeks ago into two weeks news came boris johnson tested what positive to covid-19 and he still spoke in his usual self. They gave a video of him and he said, I'm fine, I'm home, I'm safe, isolating, we we'll are gone." And like Jack, like Robinson, Boris Johnson got worse and entered into ICU. The whole of Britain froze. Their leader, now down. Of course, he was the leader of the COVID task force, just like we have our own. Never mind who is our leader here. Every day, Trump would be on the air and everywhere, fielding questions. Boris Johnson was also leading his own people and marshalling things. When he felt sick, the queen, who was never heard, you know royalty, England, they are to be seen, but most times rarely heard. The queen had to speak, and when she spoke, she referred to her speech during World War II. He said, the same thing, I am arousing the whole of Britain to rise up. We shall have better days than this. Why were they doing all that? The man who was the leader was down. And for a moment, they didn't know if he was going to survive it. Thankfully, yesterday, two days ago, they said he had come out of intensive care unit. And they began to breathe down. Why am I going through that story? With Judas and then the events of the day. Boris Johnson, during the period of incapacitation, handed over power, temporarily, to who? The foreign secretary. And then people now said, we don't know a line of succession if it's a presidential government. Then, the president will usually hand over to who? Vice president. If the vice president had a problem, president of the senate, and so on and so forth. They will go down. They say, now we don't know any even though he has handed over to Foreign Secretary. We don't have any particular line of succession. Then, one of his aides had to come out, I think that was yesterday, and clarify the line of succession in Britain's parliamentary decision is clear. Prime Minister, Foreign Secretary. After the Foreign Secretary, the Treasurer. The Chancellor of the Exchequer. Is that not what they call it? So the Treasurer was number two in line of replacement in Britain, which was a commonwealth power. So if it was a chain of command, Judas wielded a lot of it. He determined the pattern of expenditure. And because there was no visible means or reason with which they could accuse Jesus, they now had an offer on a platter of diamond. This one is no longer good. Judas of his own went to them and said, What will you give me if I will hand him over to you? They all I don't know who they worship that time because I'm not sure it's God. But I guess in their own mind they thought they were doing God a service. And they said, if I turn Ukraine all the we've seen it here now. Look at us trying to look for one way to hook something on this righteous man to deliver him from the crowd whether we'll go by midnight or we'll go by day, and we couldn't. Look at somebody now coming, and even at a price. And they quickly bargained. You know the rest of the story. But what are we saying? That even when Jesus was betrayed by those who were closest to him, they weren't just closest. In John, he said, Look, the person who has put his own soap in the midst, together with me, so he was even that beloved to have the boldness. Jesus You know, you can't do that if you are eating together. Unless the father says do so. Am I speaking what many of us who grew up in the village know? Okay, Those who grew up in the town. Everybody is staying at his own table. And you can even tell that this is the one I want. And this is the one I don't want. Judas had that. Yet, from unexpected quarters, his betrayer came. Pilate said three good times, I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. Yet, for lawyers who are here, every natural process and procedure of natural justice, they turned over. When you say, I find no fault in him, what will you do? Discharge and acquitted. And yet, the Bible said, they brought accusers to now accuse him falsely. And yet, they were contradicting one another. For those of you who are in law again, if you brought a witness or brought witnesses, and the witnesses, witnesses, we are now contrary to one another. Is there still any case to be made? Yet, at the end, because Jesus must pay this price, because the things concerning him have an end, because the things written about him must be accomplished, and they were still jubilating that their process was going. And that's why 1 Corinthians 2.8 says, the princes of this world they did not know what the mystery was. That before he even came down to the earth. Look at John chapter 10. The gospel according to St. John to chapter 10. Look at verse 1. John 10.1. Okay, let's read 13.1 first. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was Come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. What was the motivating factor? Why did he endure? Why did he go through Gethsemane? Why did he have the sweats that the drops were as if they were like drops of blood? Medical science sometimes hardly encounters this. But many of us know that there is a kind of work you do and the sweat that comes from you uh, is so heavy. If you could visibly see the drops, you could see them as drops of blood, as it were. It just comes as if to say, it comes in phases. Why did he go through that, even when, in human frame, he had to even ask the father, if it were possible To let this cup pass from me because he loved them to the end praise the lord so jesus knew where all this was leading to jesus knew that the end had come jesus had a motive jesus had a purpose john chapter 10 from verse 15 when the disciples hadn't caught the reason why he came And the Bible said they were preparing. They were so glad. They were expectant. They desired Messiah had come. What more? A Messiah who could do miracles. And the Jews say when a Messiah will come, that's their own propagation, that a Messiah will do a number of things. A Messiah will be able to heal the leper. That's one of the marks of a Messiah. A Messiah will be able to raise somebody from the dead. That's one of the marks of a Messiah. And there was another third one. And Jesus had more than compensated for them all. And so the signs were clear and obvious. And when they saw this, those who had read in between the letters said, Now we have our own human Messiah. He had come. And no wonder when they were approaching Jerusalem, what was in their mind? Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Are you not going to assume kingship? Look at look, John chapter 10 from verse 15. As the Father knows me, if you so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Another sheep I have, that's you and I, because we are not there as at that point in time. Praise the Lord. Praise God. We are part of his eternal program. Another sheep I have, which are not of this food now. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and they shall be one food and one shepherd. Therefore that my father loved me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. Praise the Lord. So Jesus was not killed. Jesus was not murdered. Jesus voluntarily laid down his life. He yielded up the ghost. He committed himself back and said, "Father, is accomplished. Purpose is done. Cross reached. Price paid. Debt also done for." And Colossians chapter 2 from verse 13 will say that why he was nailed on the cross, symbolically, And also by faith and figuratively, every of our sins, ordinances, contrary speakings, things that made us strangers to the covenant of God and things that would have made us never forgot to look on our way, they were also nailed there at the cross. And so when he said, it is finished, he was saying, I have accomplished it. When he laid it down, the Bible now said, he triumphed over the devil and all who had thought that, crucify this man away with him. Some will say away with this nuisance. Some will say away with this man who is almost like a male factor, like we read in several of our readings there. That was their limited understanding. That was also the understanding of the devil. Satan himself, because he had been excluded from the counsel of God, he didn't now know. So even though he's still powerful and mere human who doesn't have the blood of Jesus as his cover, he is still ignorant of the counsel and the vices of God. And so 1 Corinthians 2, 8 9 says, this mystery had been hid from the princes of this world and he who was controlling them. For if they had known what the end will result, they will not have done what crucified this king of glory in his crucifixion came life in his crucifixion came death and then the power of resurrection in his crucifixion man came jesus not only physically conquering sin because he lived as we are yet without sin that he might be able to encourage to comfort to succor everyone who is tempted in this present world and who are tempted also hide and deny their faith in this present dispensation just the way he was tempted yet without sin to prove that it was possible to do so he had also conquered the devil and he had also conquered death praise the Lord and that's why that song said he came from heaven determined to lay down his life he went to the cross he paid our debt He went to the grave to fulfill our righteousness. He rose again. And the Bible said, in the meantime, between the time of his coming down, taking down from the cross, and going to resurrect, thereafter, Jesus went to the gates of hell. And Psalm 24 will say, open your gates. And there, a discussion between him and the gatekeeper of hell, who was who, devil himself ensued and said who is this? Open the gate that the king of glory may come in and then what was the answer? The devil was surprised if you want to speak English you say the devil was also what? Mesmerized he was dumbfounded he didn't fathom it he thought it all ended at the crucifixion at the cross of Calvary but here is a man who was supposed to have been crucified now appearing in his den Appearing in his domain. Appearing where he had also held righteous souls captive. Because the scripture said then. That until the coming of Christ. Every righteous soul that had died. Hadn't gone to heaven. They were there. As if we were prisoners temporarily. If you like call it a waiting trial. But it's not exactly a waiting trial. They couldn't be released. So even Jesus had to go there. Look at Psalm 24. So when we sing that, especially in dedication a number of times, this was what took place. As Jesus came down from heaven, went to the cross, surprised them. And the moment darkness came, they couldn't understand it. Men and women now began to say, darkness could be for these three hours, it has never happened in our known history. Something different is around. And therefore, somebody certainly should be the son of God look at that Psalm 24 look at verse 7 the first part is the one we very well know but look at verse 7 that was the discussion that seemingly by the Holy Spirit David had already been asked to write this ahead of time lift up your head all you gates and do you lift up ye everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in what was the answer retorts. Who is this king of glory? What was the answer now? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads or you gates. Even lift them up your everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. The devil still wasn't convinced. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. The Lord mighty in battle. The Lord who has conquered. He is the King of glory. And when the devil heard that, he was now askance. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 8, 10, 9, 10 that he went down to the down path to release them that had been held captive by the enemy. Praise the Lord. And we'll read a passage that also concerns them now. So friends, this is Good Friday. This is the work deliberately crafted in heaven. A priceless sacrifice that even when it cost Jesus his dear life. And in one of the lessons we read, Lamai, Lamai, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? And as our brother did say, he knew the answer. He knew the reason why God had forsaken him. Where was the answer? Habakkuk 1.13 Because the things concerning Jesus must have a completion. Habakkuk 1.13 had already said, He of pure eyes and to behold words. And so when that iniquity was found in no other person, but his only begotten son, Albeit, not his own sin. He was the sin bearer of the world. Those of you who read geography, you will remember Atlas. Atlas, the man who was said to be carrying the whole world on his shoulder. Jesus was not just carrying the whole world. He was carrying the sin of the whole world. He personified sin. And even at that point in time, the Lord himself, who cannot go against his word, looked away from him the comforts of heaven looked away from him the peace of heaven looked away from him and for that period he was as it were alone yet he bore it and he became victorious praise the lord praise the lord and so I conclude that reading in John chapter 10 verse 15 which he now did declare but I lay down my life and I take it off. Verse 18 now. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of the Father. And because the princes of this world did not know, they were just willing to in fulfilling the things concerning Jesus. He had to get to the cross. That you and I can have hope. A living hope. And a hope of eternal life. He had to get to the cross. Because no man even will give his life for any other person. But as Jesus did say in John 15:13, Which he clearly stated there. Greater love had no man than this. That a man laid down his life for his friends. Not even for a righteous man. Romans 5, we tell us, verses 6-7, would one lay down his life. Not even for a good man, would one lay down his life. But God commended his love towards us. He stretched it to the limit. That while we are yet in sin, Christ died for us. Gave up his life. That no man would be with any excuse. That is the news of Good Friday. That is the paradox that makes the Friday good, excellent, eternal. And in the annals of men, it is etched out permanently in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, when the government of Nigeria declared, stay in the midst of restriction and said, Good Friday and Easter Monday, were are still public holidays. I'm sure you heard that like I did. And you will wonder, in celebration of what? if it were in celebration of this. So why don't you allow this to go? And somebody had said, if you were the Muslims, and this was their period, you dare not do what we have just done, or what is happening now. They will look for a reason to open a window. They will look for a reason to find why they must say, E D must hold. You know what it is? The gathering of their prayers, and there must be a praying ground. So it was convenient enough that this was not the period falling into the area. And for us too, just like it was the priests, let it not surprise you. Because when the calendar of God is running, we know already that COVID-19 is a pestilence. And a pestilence, no matter the conspiracy theory they bring, is a pestilence. It will come, it will go. It has an expiry date. But when it goes, another may yet come. Because we are in the signs of the end times. It's a wake-up call for the whole world. It's a wake-up call to say the things happening are not done in secret. Some were saying, if it was Ebola, which was just limited to Africa. The whole of the world, the rest of the world, we are going about their business. They were saying, hey, yeah, black Africa once again. Hey, yeah, black Africa once again some will put their hands on their head literally and say black Africa once again this time it's not black Africa once again where did it start? yellow, China is yellow from yellow it went to where? white before it came to there are some groups of there are those who are brown who are they now? they say the Mongolites, I'm not sure but they are also brown people it also reached them India is part of there, but the Mongols are around our side. And then he came to black. So you won to sound the death knell. It's a pestilence. And so if men understood the sign of the times, but the majority would not. When they asked Jesus, when will these things be? He said, this generation, you ask for signs. You know when the rain will come. You know when the sun will come. You know when you will say it is summertime, it is harvest time. How come? That when you see these things, you refuse now to also believe this is the timetable of God. And so, one of the prophecies we had here said, coronavirus is a disease whose time has come. If you didn't understand, you wonder, is this from God? Yes, it is. Is the time to come? Is the pestilence? But as God will also be a God, who is in charge? With the script being run, there will also be a phasing out. And it's beginning to already happen. Wuhan, China, is already opening up their restrictions. Which other country is opening up restrictions? A number of them. Uh, One of the states in the U.S., I think Connecticut, has already given a date they will open restrictions. And then here in Nigeria, because we are part of the world, are we not? Somebody reminded me that Kogi, Eboni. Rivers. Are you not part of this Nigeria? You are current, uh, so you need to know what is happening. That they've also said for this Easter period, we must open the churches. Uh, that's where our hope lies. And uh, I think it was the Bayesa governor. God has a of doing things. He uh. wasn't the one who they said was voted in. But God has his own purpose. And just yesterday, Senator Diri said Bayessa is a Christian state. You know, it's not everybody who has the boldness to say that, even now. Those who are in APC can't say that. Too. They can't say that. Too. But he said it clearly. He said Bayessa is a Christian state. I'm opening up the churches. All worship must go on throughout this period, as it were. Some were attacking him, but he's the governor of the state. And he has control. And he has said what he has said. Praise the Lord. So what are we saying? a pestilence has come and it will come and go it has a timetable what we are doing is asking God please by your mercy stay the plague those who are dying are human beings those who are dying unfortunately the greater percentage in America are African Americans because they already have a genetic predisposition and somebody will ask why that's the question they kept asking yesterday and day before And uh, Dr. Fauci told them, this is not the time it began. The black man, or the African American, has perhaps a genetic predisposition to have more hypertension and more severe. To have more kidney-related problems and more severe. To have more stroke and more severe. Don't ask me why, I don't know why. Nobody knows why. But that's still part of the mystery. But the black man also has his excellent points in other areas. And so the main target group, incidentally, are the African-Americans. So they are human beings. Our sincere prayer and hope is just like the pestilence had come in the time of old. The pestilence has been there right from the journey of God with man. Each time he tries to make a demarcation, to bring people to honor him and specially worship him. In Exodus chapter 11, he told the Israelites... I have decided to make you people singly out in verses 5 and 6 a kingdom of priests a nation of my own God's original purpose intention perhaps because that was what we can infer was to use the whole of the nation of Israel as a kingdom of priests a peculiar people those who were peculiar to him But when you get to Exodus 19 the moment that he came to give the commandments. And the people said Moses go near. Go near. When you hear, come and do what? Come and tell us. We cannot come near ourselves. They made the partition by themselves. And so God now had a select kingdom of those who would be priests. To intercede on behalf of the others. But as Jesus came. He restored the parity. Hallelujah. So when the temple was torn, every one of us now who has been washed by the blood of the Lamb now has the privilege to get into the Holy of Holies that we might receive help and mercy in the time of need. We now have that boldness. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. When it was split in two, it now means everyone, children involved, who will be found in the blood of the Lamb has access to go right through. And then we are now told that in First Peter chapter two verse nine, you are a chosen generation, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Revelation one five, He has made us unto God our Father a kingdom of priests and kings. So everyone who now has a personal relationship in the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ can have access to the Father. You can have and cry, Abba, Father. You can have a personal relationship. He can hear you. You can stand now and say, Father, like Aaron did in the days of old, please, by your mercy, stay the plague. We know his time has come. We know it is a pestilence that must come to pass. But the effect has been ravaging. And the effect is horrendous. And when I was looking at the one in the time of David, 70,000 already wiped out before God asked the angel to stay his hand in 2 Samuel 24. God was watching. One went. Ten went. 1,000. 20. 30. Until 70,000. And his mercy was countenance. We don't know when, but our role is in faith to say, God. We stand in the same gap where Jesus has brought us victory now. And we plead for the rest of the world. And may that be our joy and our glow in the name of Jesus Christ. Finally, in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, we see this sacrifice clearly made. On Good Friday that now brings good tidings. And so when First Corinthians chapter two, verse eight said, If they knew, they would not have crucified the King of Glory, verse nine said, Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither has it been revealed and told any man what God has prepared for those who love him and call upon his name may that be the hope that if jesus could defeat sin could conquer the devil could also overcome death as we celebrate on easter morning that whatever is your travail now they are under his knees in the name of jesus because he has died and risen again victory is certain Those who do student unionism will say, Aluta continua, when the struggle is continuing. Is that not what they say? And those who are in unionism, when they seem to be getting what they are looking for, sometimes they won't tell you, but when they get it sometimes, they will say, Aluta, aceta." What does that mean, please? What does it mean? Okay. I didn't say you are in student unionism, but that is Christ unionism. So the victory is certain. You are not helping. You are not guessing. You are not like the rest of the world who has no hope. Who are groping. Who is looking for a leader. A direction. You know where this will end. Except if you are not in the line of God's mercy. Except if your faith has wiped out. And you are speaking like others are speaking. And you are fearing their fear. On Wednesday we read us Isaiah 8:11 to 14. Fear not their fear. Now that dread they are, dread. When they say a conspiracy, do not join them. Mind what you say. Mind even what you hear. You will listen to news all right. But like I said, when you tune every television station now, it's depressing news. It's increasing number. It's a flattening curve. Thank God the curve is beginning to flatten. Men are seeing light at the end of the tunnel. But it's all depressing. When you are hearing death and hearing only sad news, that is what makes news for the television people, for journalists. That's what fetches them money, sensation. What more has happened? But it's all depressing. The more you are fed onto that, the more will your faith weaken and you will sigh. But the more you look unto what God has said, the more your eyes will rise in faith and thank Him for the victory He has brought you and I. Now continually and forever in the name of jesus christ hebrews 2 9 says but we see jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death now crowned with glory and honor and that he by the grace of god should test death for every man for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things In bringing many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Praise the Lord. That is a mystery that the princes of this world, under their supervisor, the devil, did not understand. And so every other thing Pilate said, Herod said, all that the mob had been worked up to say was crucify him. Do I release Barabbas in his place? Crucify him. He has not done anything. Crucify him. But he is your king now? Crucify him. And he fulfilled that. And this is the reason. Praise the Lord. So we have victory. Who have cause to glorify God. Verse 16. And deliver them who through the fear of death. Were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Praise the Lord. Have you been delivered? From the bondage? Are you born again? Do you have your faith firmly ensconced in Jesus? Has the blood. As Hebrews 9.11-14. That speaks better things than that of a bear. Availed on your behalf. Can you wake up now and know, as you know, as you know, that your name is Samuel, your name is Chike, your name is Ngozi, that I am born again? If you don't have that witness, the Scripture says in Romans eight sixteen that the Spirit of God bears witness with our own spirit. So it's not something you ask somebody. If you don't have that witness, you are not of Him. The blood has not availed you. You are still vulnerable. Even if coronavirus, we are going around and like we said, as we said in Exodus 10, when he saw the blood, he will do what? He will pass over. Since it's a pestilence to warn the world, those who are already in God's kingdom and who already are way of his way and living right are excluded. They will just note one of the signs has come to pass. It's not for you to be in fear. So that those who throughout their life have been subject to Fear and in bondage he might also deliver them in the name of Jesus. If that is you here, spare no thoughts and spare no more moment and come unto him. The victory is certain, is complete. Is what? Right. He finished the work at the cross of Calvary and he triumphed over the devil and displayed it clearly. Victory is done. That's the news of Good Friday. That's our joy. That's what Christ has done, and may that remain your hope for now and hope for eternity in the name of Jesus Christ. I'll be here, 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 I'll the spirit of God is saying, my son, my daughter, give me your life. You have been in church, you have come worshiping, but you don't have a witness in your spirit that you belong to God. This is the victory that Jesus brought on the cross today, that you do not make that victory and the shedding of blood to be in vain. I want to reconcile with God the Father. I want to have a witness in my heart That I belong to God. I want to be sure that my sin has been washed away. I want to stand in that. Please raise your hand where you are. There's nothing to be ashamed of. It's a day like this that broke out. If you leave this out and continue, you're not sure. You're crucifying Christ a second time, the Bible says, and he cannot die a second time. You have made his first death a nullity. And he says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who are in his blood washed. But the law of life and spirit in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. You need to get free from the law of sin, from the law of fear, from the law pervading the rest of the world. And have faith in him. I want to be sure My spirit has a witness by the Holy Spirit that I am a child of God. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to clearly make the work of Christ on Calvary to be true in my life today. I want to have the benefit of it and surrender my life of sin and yield in myself. If that's you, please raise your hand where you are. So that nobody will be with any excuse. So that nobody will leave unsure. So that nobody would be asked, Are you of the light or of darkness? I thought you said you believe in God. Why are you speaking like this? Why are you living like this? You will live in the light of him who has died for you and also given himself for you. You will no longer live unto yourself but unto him. Is there any person? I'm not sure. I want to surrender my life. We are given that opportunity because we don't want you to sleep any. If you are raising your hand, raise it very well. We'll pray with you. All it will cost you is your pride. It will cost you that sin too. It will go permanently. And you will have a sense of release, ease, freedom, light will come in place of darkness.
0: Oh, Mala, Lord, all within our holy earth, to the Lord, all through our name
13: Father in Heaven, we are grateful to you,, but are irrespective, O oh God, of the size of our sin, of what they have been. Lord, thank you, O oh God, because they have been nailed on the cross of Calvary. Lord, we are deeply grateful. No one could have done this for us, but only you. Receive our thanks in the name of Jesus. Father, this morning, O God, as we reflect, O God, and continue to go reflecting, O God, on the death you died on the cross for us. Father, cause, O Lord, that we shall become new again in our fellowship with you, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for having spoken with us, for having spoken to us clearly and explicitly to the glory of your name, in the name of Jesus, we pray.